Thank you, Anos. Um, so, welcome. It's great to see so many familiar faces and also a lot of new ones. So, my name is Stefan Dalsgaard. Uh, I've been given the privilege of carrying the baton of this initiative, and together with my colleague James McGuire, we'll give you an introduction to some of the thoughts behind uh, this new center. So, from the, let's see if this works, to my presentation here. From the swipe of a finger to the launching of a space rocket, digital technologies are involved in a, in a multitude of human actions, from the very small to the very large, from the mundane to the extraordinary, and these actions are all climate actions, and they generate climate impacts. The Center for Climate IT, or CCIT as we call it, builds on the recognition that climate change and its concurrent emergencies cannot be addressed without this imaginative, critical, reflexive and productive ways of engaging with digital technologies but also processes of digitalization. That is, we need to look at the makeup of technologies but also how they enter into social, organizational, politic, political, economic and environmental relationships. From policy and regulation among state actors to planning and execution amidst businesses to everyday life choices of consumption or how to attain the good life with assistance of technologies. It's therefore our mission to promote the idea of climate IT. It is, in our view, a topic in its own right, and it involves a combination of state-of-the-art research in digital technologies with a view for the wider impact that digital technologies and digitalization have for the state of planet Earth and for collective and individual approaches to climate change, mitigation, and adaptation. Now, many of you have probably seen this before, right? Um, when the ITU was founded, there was a need for our first vice-chancellor, Mass Tofter, to define exactly what was meant by IT. Um, since this was not specified in the plans for this new institution that you're in today, he had to formulate the academic foundation, what later became known as the ITU Triangle. And the basic idea was that IT should be considered from science, business, and design perspectives, often all three perspectives involved at the same time. And we propose that the same goes for the notion of climate IT. Identifying pathways into the future entails grappling with questions of climate mitigation, green transitions, and sustainability as so-called wicked problems. Problems that cannot be attacked from just one angle, but shift and change as we approach them. The CCIT builds upon this framework, and the centre emerges from the ITU's strong tradition of interdisciplinary collaboration within both research and teaching. Here, the CCIT's ambition is to bring together these different perspectives on the roles of digital technologies in relation to climate impacts. So concretely, the researchers currently affiliated with the CCIT are working with a combination of approaches from computer sciences, humanities, and business and social sciences. And what will we gain from bringing these perspectives and approaches together? bringing the strengths and focus points of our departments into cross-departmental dialogue can put each of the before-mentioned uh, into relief and allow for new approaches and strengths to emerge. Within areas such as how to build the future green digital infrastructures, how to work with sustainable behavioral and organizational design, how to understand technology as a mediating factor in a relationship between nature and society, and much else. So to do this, we intend to be a space um, 
for the exchange of knowledge between researchers as well as students across the three departments that we have at the ITU. That is the corners of the triangle on the previous slide. The exchange will allow for synergy in ideation, creativity, innovation and networking that we see having a potential to enhance the work in each corner as well as generate joint and interdisciplinary views. Such exchange um, will allow for and creativity and resulting creativity is necessary to achieve the aim of making excellent basic research and teaching. But internal exchange is not enough on its own. Research moves forward by being in interaction with what happens in the world outside our institutions, and the CCIT is thus looking also to be a platform for the initiation of research partnerships. It's therefore also part of our vision that we will engage a variety of partners in discussions of climate problems and their solutions. We aim to be an attractive research partner, both nationally and internationally, for research groups uh, working with related topics. We'll assist uh, our researchers in collaborating with the private sector, public sector, and civil society partners. And we'll, of course, also engage the general public in the important questions that emerge in this intersection of climate and IT. And in that way, work to position the climate and sustainability research of the ITU in wider society. So in short, the CTIT will be a platform for public outreach, inspiration and networking, hopefully both nationally and internationally, and hopefully engaging industry, government institutions, NGOs and other research communities. So we've actually already started a little bit uh, on some of our activities. And the current status is, apart from being um, part of the ITU's work towards a climate strategy and part of a framework contract with the Ministry of Higher Education and Science. Um, our Vice-Chancellor will say a little bit more about, about that in a few minutes. But we've also tried to reach each other across the departments by uh, conducting elective IT and green transitions, which we've taught across bachelor's and master's programs with uh, about approximately 145 students signed up. And there might be some of you here, and I'm really happy to see you if you are. Um, so this teaching in particular has spurred the development of some of the dialogues that we think are really instrumental in forming the foundation of the centre, especially internally, and it pushes us to define this field and realise the synergy of our approaches. But now I'll hand it over to my colleague James Maguire, who will illustrate and elaborate on some of that we have initiated. Thank you, Stefan. Good afternoon, everybody. Um, yep. So as Stefan implies... Climate IT doesn't map neatly onto any pre-existing research areas. So in that sense, it's very multidisciplinary and it's multi-sectoral. And what that means is that it cuts across different forms of knowledge and expertise. But of course, it doesn't arise out of nowhere. It's very much connected to a broader research landscape that frames its agenda and possibilities. And I'm just going to spend a couple of minutes to kind of give you a sense of that landscape. So you could say that everything we do here is in some sense simultaneously connected with both computation and the environment, and particularly with the manifold interfaces uh, between these two things. In fact, I think it'd be fair to say two things. The first is that, um, that almost all computational actions are in some sense environmental actions. And that might be an obvious thing to say if it wasn't for the fact that computational work has long been disembedded from any form of environmental thinking. So maybe a corrective to that might be to say that computational work is environmentally constituted. At the same time, and this is the second thing, 
The environment is cre increasingly mediated by computational and digital technologies. And therefore what we call the environment, our environmental knowledge, how we think about environmental problems and their solutions, our potential solutions, are very much bound up with these technologies. So what frames the centre is what you might call a double gaze. And that is, there's an effort to try and understand how the environment is embedded within computation, and at the same time, an effort to understand how computation is embedded in the environment. So let's look at the first part of this gaze. Think of it like this. Every time you tap your keyboard, or write an email, write a piece of code, or even train an algorithm, you're doing computational and environmental work. But the images and metaphors that frame how we think about the outputs of computational work look something like this. And I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with this type of image. The advent of the smartphone is oftentimes thought about through the metaphor of the internet in your pocket. But an entire environmental computational infrastructure lies within this beguiling image. Or, the internet is often conceived through the metaphor of the cloud. Again, another relatively frictionless way of thinking about environmental and computational relationships. But computation is, for example, very much connected to something like this, the internet's undersea world, the submerged data highways that run along our ocean floors. And this is a much more material, one could say, grounded geographical way of thinking about computation. But this is also connected to computation. The vast amounts of precious earth metals and minerals and materials it takes to build, energize, and maintain our computational processes. And there simply isn't enough of these materials, or these environmental goods, you could call them, to satisfy the needs of green transitions at current rates of population and consumption. So how should we think about that? And what should we do about it? And they extract things like this, silicon for our computer chips, and this aluminium that gives our devices the sleek and lightweight look and feel. And all of these, the many trillions of electronic components within our digital artifacts and architectures, all the other environmental goods such as water that we need to use, the extraction of cheap labor across the world that assembles our digital artifacts for the most part, and the vast amounts of waste that they create. And of course, there's energy production. And when we talk about energy production, we tend to think of this image. When in fact, it's this type of energy that fuels most of our digital lives. Uh, this is an image of Reset. And this is a climate IT magazine that we produced here at the ITU. And in the first edition, which came out uh, before the summer, I think. Yeah, before the summer. Uh, we wrote a piece on the very question, does IT have a climate problem? I won't read the article for you, but the simple answer is yes. And in this piece, one of ITU's own AI research, researchers, Leon Duchinsky, came up with this astounding calculation. A single training session for a machine learning model can use the same amount of energy as driving 700,000 kilometers by car. And these are pretty big numbers, I think you'd all agree. Okay, let's turn to the second part of that gaze that I mentioned. As I said earlier, what we call the environment is increasingly mediated by computational and digital technologies. So computational technologies shape what the environment is, how we develop its knowledge, and what we consider challenges and solutions. So data, 
machine learning and AI all promise revolutionary advances in the speed and scale at which organizations can respond to such challenges. And when I say organizations, I mean anything from governments to industries to corporations, the public sector, civil society, and even communities. So, this is the, so, the, so think of the vast array of computational techniques and devices that help us to produce data, know and intervene in environmental issues. These scenarios are so vast as to almost evade any form of cataloging. But here's a small taste. Sorry. Think of the many IoT devices in urban settings, all gathering data and producing interventions at various sites and scales. A popular one here in Denmark is the coastal city problem. Think of the various collaborative projects underway that create datafied solutions to areas that are vulnerable to rising sea levels, in essence the whole of Copenhagen. And think about the promises made to change our food production systems through data capture, AI, blockchain and so on. Or the many ways that forests are becoming subject to sensorization and datafication, and one of our own colleagues has a very exciting project on these very issues in the Brazilian Amazon as scientists, entrepreneurs, and climate activists try to work together to, try to find ways to make the rainforest more sustainable. So whether it's the global north or the global south, environmental knowledge, control, and conflict are, for better or worse, digitally and computationally mediated. And we simply cannot understand and intervene in our current climate-related challenges without understanding the role of these technologies in their constitution. Okay, so this little visual tour was not meant to suggest that we can research in all of these areas. That would, of course, be impossible. What it's meant to do is just give you a, a small taste of the broader research landscape that frames the centre, and within which we have to develop our agenda and our collaborations. And we hope that this is part, or at least the first step on that particular journey with you guys. Okay, so back over to Stefan. Thank you. So we'll finish by providing an overview of some of the themes and topics that the CCIT as a platform can and will promote because it's already being done by researchers here at the ITU or is hopefully in the pipeline. So our computer scientists are, for example, involved in, in smart urban planning, uh, power-efficient computations, and the modeling potential of machine learning. Researchers within the Department of Digital Design focus, among other things, on how design methods and approaches can contribute to changing consumer behavior and choices towards more sustainable and climate-conscious ways of living from the perspective of, for example, effective technologies, responsible infrastructures, digital play. Researchers within the Department of Business IT work, for example, on the conceptual, organizational, infrastructural, and managerial opportunities and challenges of digital technologies in, in relation to climate mitigation. So some of the themes listed behind me, this is merely an alphabetic order, um, covered projects that almost literally work in the ITU's backyard for some of them, that is Buhound right next door across Amaphilomite, while others work uh, in hotspots far away from Denmark, such as the Amazon, which James just mentioned as well. Some projects are meant to learn more about what happens around the world in relevant IT hubs, communities, or organizations, and then tap into that multitude of experience that exists already and initiatives that already are in existence, so we as researchers and Denmark as a society can also benefit from that international dialogue. Other projects are meant to de develop solutions much closer to home and from the bottom up here. The list of themes cover projects, and in most cases are already going ahead, and many of them have received funding. 
the list behind me, I believe, covers for uh, approximately 40 million kroner worth of, of research funding for topics that could, could go under this rubric of climate IT. And it's all you know, obtained prior to the launch of the center. This funding, so far particularly, is aimed at make, making basic research, but some of our largest sponsors, you can see, just mentioning who they are and what we're building upon. So the CCIT in this way offers a unique opportunity for putting a lot of existing research into a larger framework, and we have a strong starting point for our on, you know, explorations in the, future, uh, in the future research. And we aim for the CCIT to help promote this research even further, and as mentioned before, to set up partnerships that will allow us to expand also into new topics, basic as well as applied. So you'll in a brief moment learn more about a selection of this research from some of our colleagues here from the different departments. But first, um, an invitation to follow us if you don't do so already. We have a website, social media presence, and we aim to send out a regular newsletter, as well as invitations for research talks, debates, and other events that can help us explore this vast topic. But let me again thank you all for coming uh, and for sharing this launch with us, and I'll now hand it back to Anas to take us on the program.